Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor Gillian Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Fantastic. It's so good to be together, isn't it? It's so lovely. If you can turn up those lights so I can see everyone looking beautiful, it would be wonderful. Uh, so excited to be together. It's great, isn't it? I love the TSB. Who loves the TSB? It's the best. Well, we are talking today about Break the Bungee, and I can't wait to uh, share this message with you this morning. Uh, John did such a good job last week. It was an amazing, amazing message, so I'm really excited to speak this morning. So why don't we pray? Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are here in our midst. And God, I ask that you would let this message be spirit and life today. And in the mighty name of Jesus, that you would speak to us. We thank you in advance that you will. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. I'm going to speak today on the message, saints or sinners? Saints or sinners? And nobody tell the person next to them what you think they are. <laughs> we won't do that. All right. I'm going to start reading. I'm going to read two passages of Scripture and then we're going to launch right in this morning. In John chapter 4, it says this. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Those who drink the water I give them will never be thirsty again. It will become a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here and get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. I just want to read from 2 Corinthians 5, and then we're going to dive into this message this morning. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who was died and raised for them. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Jesus Christ. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so we could be made right with God through Christ. Powerful. I want you to imagine today that one day on your birthday, somebody turned up at your house and they gave you a brand new car. That's right. That car that you had been dreaming about. 
the one that glistens and glides through your dreams, especially for the men. I'm not sure if women dream about cars, but I think some men do. And this car is perfect. It's interior. Oh, that new smell in the interior, the leather. Oh, even just the feel of the steering wheel, the stitching on the wheel. It's got like a little heater on the steering wheel. And it's got a great sound system. Oh, it is in mint condition. It is perfect. It's even got a sky roof. You can feel close to Jesus looking at the stars. This car is amazing. But you, you have a car. You have your old car. And your old car, well, it's perfectly usable. You know, it's got you from A to B so far. It's, you know, it's got a few dings, like when those people with the supermarket park too close to you and they open their door into your car. And when the kids had their, you know, their transformer toys and they kind of scratched it along the side as they got into the car. It's got every ding from every piece of bad driving that you've done in your life. I'm not talking about myself. Yes, can't relate. Someone said on the front row. Sinner or saint. Um, <laughs> and even the interior of the car, it's got the spills and the stains of your old life. You could say it has an aroma to it. But you know, the new car, it's fresh. It's exciting. It's never been driven before. But the old car, well, it's comfortable. It's familiar. The new car, you're going to stand out. The old car, you're going to blend in. Nobody's going to notice you much. I want to ask you today, which car would you choose to drive? Which car would you choose to drive? And you're thinking this morning, Gillian, don't be ridiculous. Of course I would drive the new car. Like, why are you even asking the question? But, you know, isn't it amazing in life how so often what we think we would do isn't actually what we would do? See, the truth is that Jesus died and came to give us a new life. Jesus wants to give us a new life in Christ. He died for us. He paid a price to take away our sins. He made it possible for us to be right with God. He made it possible for us to be born again, to be renewed, to have a new life. He came to remove the record of our sins. He came to remove the stain of our shame. He came to give us a soft heart. He came to give us a heart that longs to do His will and His purpose. He came to give us new life. Jesus came to give us more than salvation when we die. We're not waiting for death to, to receive what Jesus gave us because he didn't just give us one thing. Jesus gave us a new life. He came to give us this new identity, a new family, a new authority, an amazing life, a victorious life, and a whole new outlook on life. I want to ask us today, if we would use the new car straight away and abandon the old one, then why on earth wouldn't we be using the new life that our Father has given us through Jesus Christ and discard the old life straight away? Why wouldn't we receive this gift and live in it? What's holding us back from our new life in Christ? You know, I, I have to confess, I'm like this with clothing. I go to the shops and I buy new clothes and then I hang them in my wardrobe and I don't wear them because they're new. John has worked very hard on me to change this mindset because the truth is by the time I finally wear them, they're probably no longer current. The more I like something, the less I use it. And John is completely the opposite. He goes to the shop and to my shock and horror, guess what he does? 
he wears it out of the shop. God forbid, God forbid that you would wear the new thing out of the shop. It's just not right. But John has shown me how to adopt a new mindset that many of us, we get our new things and we, we, don't, we put them on hold or we don't use them or we don't feel worthy to start wearing that thing or doing that thing or hopping in the new car. But Jesus has come to give us a new life that starts now. It's not on the way. You know, preachers will say, your miracle is on the way. Your breakthrough is coming. Oh my gosh, well that's not what it's like with your new life. It's not on the way. It's not coming. It's right now. It's here right now. It's time to step into the new. You know, it's time to go from our old life to our new life. It's time to see ourselves as saints and not as sinners. It's time to be the new you. It's time to live like you are new. You know, in this series today, we're talking about breaking the bungee. And John did a great start with that last week about the things that are pulling us back, the old mindsets that pull us back. And I'm going to keep talking about that today. But I believe that when we live in our old life, Rather than living in our new life, we're being pulled back from the life that Christ has for us. And I believe that if we want to break free of what's holding us back, then we have to cut off our old life. We have to break the bungee of the things that are limiting us. And I believe this morning it's time to break the bungee. Today, I'm going to give us four keys, four things that we can do that break the bungee and help us to stop living our old life and start living our new life in Christ. You know, in John chapter 4, the reading I did at the very start, we meet a woman, a Samaritan woman, who's gone to fetch water from the well. Now, this woman is an example for us because she did what we need to do. She broke the bungee. She broke the limitation. She straight away stopped living her old life, and she started living her new life. She immediately abandoned the old her and stepped into what Christ had for her. She discarded the old. You know, this woman, when we meet her, we meet her at the well, and she is literally stuck in her old life. She is stuck in a way of thinking. She's isolated. She's alone. She's gone to the well in Palestine in the heat of the day, literally to avoid seeing people. And when we do that, when we go out and avoid people, probably know there's something not quite right there. Won't go to a life group, won't socialize, don't want to be part of community, happy to be part of a crowd then there's something not quite right. But this time at the well, she encounters Jesus. She's been a woman who's just totally living for herself. I mean, she's had five husbands, and she's now with her sixth man. And the Bible implies that her thirst hasn't been satisfied. There's a lust, there's a thirst, there's a need for intimacy, there's a, a desire for a relationship, She's looking and searching for something to fill the void she feels inside. She's trying to search physically. She's trying to search emotionally. She's trying to search in every way to find something to take out the dissatisfaction that she feels. She's a thirsty woman. She's searching for something to quench her thirst. And this old life that she's living, it won't quench it. The old life we live will never quench the thirsts that we may feel. If we have any thirst in our life, if we have dissatisfaction, maybe we wake up and we just feel this underlying sense of something's missing in my life. I'm doing everything I should be, but I just still don't feel quite right. I don't feel like I'm right. I don't feel like I wake up and I'm just alive. If we feel that thirst or that dissatisfaction or the sense that things aren't right, then I'm telling us today 
that we're living our old life. It's time to find the life that Christ has. This woman felt like that, but she found a way to be free. And I want to give us the first key this morning to break free from our old life, to break the bungee. The first thing today is say bye-bye to the skeletons. Say bye-bye to the skeletons. 2 Corinthians 5 says this, since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. We have all died. Has somebody died in this place? We have all died. If we are a believer in Jesus, the death has begun. I know that sounds really weird, doesn't it? Maybe you're unfamiliar with these concepts, but I'm praying that as we talk and share that somehow it will resonate within your heart today. We have died to our old life. Why? Because Jesus removed our sin. He removed our shame. But do we believe that? Have we let our past die? See, it's a death. Our shame and our mistakes are no longer to be living with us. Our old life is dead and buried, and when we believe, you know, we can think like the world thinks, and we, every so often, we go to our closet, and uh, I've got Mr. Skinny Bones back here again today, if you know about him. Hello. <laughs> uh, I know, there's so much fun to be had, but it's just, the jokes are endless. I try to control them for every man in the room, especially. Um, okay. Here we see, we go to our closet and we look again and again because we still think like the world thinks that this is who we are. We go to our closet and we see, we stare at the old us. We look ourselves in the mirror, we look ourselves in the face and we see who we were. We see who we think we still are. We see the labels of our past, we see our mistakes, we see our sins, we have sinned, all are sinners. Paul says, I'm the chief sinner. Well, no, no, I'm the chief sinner. <laughs> and then we could all fight for that title. We're all sinners, but saved by grace. But these labels, they get put on us. We look at them and the feelings, shameful. It floods into our heart. We feel it because that's who we were, that's what we did. That's who we used to be. And these feelings flood back, and we can have this whole catalog of sins, and it's, we're tied. We're tied to them. We're tied to this picture of who we think we are. We're tied to it still. This is who we think we are. But you see, we've got to take the skeleton out of the closet. We actually have to bring it into the light. We have to take it out of the closet. Ignoring it won't deal with it. It'll still be there. We have to take it out, and we have to understand that Jesus has come along, and he has removed the labels. He's taken what the devil has declared over you off. He's taken the labels of your old clothes, and he has taken them off. See, don't live in the shame that Jesus died to remove. Don't keep living in what Jesus has destroyed don't keep living in what Jesus has forgiven. See, Jesus took hold of everything and he destroyed the work of the devil. He destroyed our old life. He said, it doesn't exist any longer. You have died to your old life. You see, we have to bring it into the light and then we have to let it be buried with Christ. We have to repent 
We have to work through the past. Maybe there's vows we have to break, things we've entered into agreement with. We can't agree with the devil anymore. We break those things. We confess our sins. And when we confess and we repent, he is faithful and just, and he forgives us. And the truth is, we bring it into the light, we bury it. And what happens when you bury a skeleton in the ground? It turns to dust. It turns to nothing. And it has no power over you anymore. The shame you once felt, the guilt you once felt, the mistake you once carried, the things that we once did, it has no power over us because it is buried with Christ. See, quit playing those episodes of the old you and listening to the devil's lies. It's time to say goodbye. Goodbye, okay? What about the woman at the well, Jillian? You've been talking about the woman at the well. How did she say goodbye to her skeletons? Jesus unearthed her skeletons. With a word of knowledge, he said to her, go and get your husband. See, he knew that for her to find freedom, he had to unearth her past. He had to bring into the light her mistakes and the areas in her life that were not right. He unearthed her skeletons and with a word of knowledge, he showed her that he knew who she was, he knew what she had done and was doing, and at the same time, he would sit down and have a conversation with her. At the same time, he would place value on her. At the same time, he would display love, acceptance, and grace to her. And as he did that, something freedom of freedom came in her heart. She was amazed that even though he knew all about her, he bothered to take the time to love on her. And Jesus does the same. It doesn't matter who we are or who we were. It matters that we would enter into a conversation with him and allow his love to enter our hearts and set us free. What skeletons are haunting you, you need to get free of those skeletons, my friends. The second thing this morning is let go of who you think you are. Let go of who you think you are. 2 Corinthians 5, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. You know, that woman at the well, she had a perception of herself, and she had a perception of Jesus. She says to him, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. Why are you asking me for a drink? She saw herself the way the world saw her. She saw herself the way the world saw her, lower, lowest of the low. She was a woman in her culture, which was low. She was uh, a Samaritan, lower than the Jewish She was in a de facto relationship and had all those men in her life definitely scorned and despised. She was marginalized. She was ostracized. There was racism against her, sexism against her. She had bought into the way the world saw her, and she sees herself. Why are you asking me? Do you see yourself the way the world sees you? Do we still see ourselves in the light that the world sees us in? Or have we begun to understand that Jesus looks at us very differently, that the kingdom of God's system is not the world system, that his viewpoint is not that of the others around us? We will live out of the picture we have of ourselves unless we catch a revelation and break the bungee of the old life. You know, as this woman talks to Jesus, an incredible shift takes place. As she talks to him, something shifts in her life and she sees, I have value. In the middle of the day, at a well, neglected, forgotten, despised, there she is talking to the Messiah. The Savior of the world stopped to have a conversation with her. And she's like, this is the Messiah. This is the Messiah. Imagine 
how valuable she began to feel. Imagine the worth that began to come in her life as the, instead of being the lowest of the low, the greatest of them all had taken the time to be with her. Those you know, she saw that he was restoring her. He restored her identity. He restored her freedom. He restored her perception of who she was meant to be. And because of the confidence that he gives her, everything about her changes. And we see that the people that she hid from, she will now go and stand in front of. She leaves her jar and she runs to the village and she begins telling everybody. She will now have the confidence to stand in front of those that she would never, ever have spoken to before because she was set free. Her old life was gone and she knew that she had value in the new life in Jesus. Look, in what ways do we think we don't measure up? In what ways do we still agree with the devil's view of ourselves? We have to let go and repent of that agreement with the devil because in Christ, we are a new person and we cannot hate who Christ makes us. Some of us are still hating ourselves but we can't hate the new creation. We can't hate this beautiful new person that Christ has made us. And if there is self-hatred still there, then I ask, is the bungee needing to be broken? Because when we know how Jesus sees us, that self-hatred has to die as we are filled with an understanding of the great redeeming grace and love of our Savior. In Christ, we are a new person. You know, there's so much to convey in this. And, and maybe today, some of this is familiar or some of it's unfamiliar. But what I want to say is, if you're saying, Jillian, I need to understand how to have this life in me, then I would encourage you today to do more than just listen to this message. I would encourage you to, after the service and the many services, we run a course called Pathway. And at Pathway, we talk about what it is to know the life that God has for you. I can only begin to touch on this today, but I want to encourage you, if you haven't attended Pathway, you should do that. You should go along. We'll feed you. It'll be a great experience. But more than that, I believe that you'll find the keys to live a life that overflows and discover who God has made you to be. I know it'll be life-giving. The third thing I want to say today is this is another key to break the bungee, is we need to receive what Jesus has come to give. 2 Corinthians 17, the old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God. It's a gift. Who brought us back to himself through Christ? God gave you that new car. He handed you the keys. He's given you a whole new salvation wardrobe. And it's filled with the greatest labels. It says you're beloved. It says you're adopted. It says you're adored. It says you're precious. It says you are the one that I love. It says you're chosen. Oh my goodness, I can't even begin to relate what the labels that God has put in your new closet say. It's not coming. It's not on the way. It's not gonna happen tomorrow. It's here right now. It's not earned and it's been given. It's a gift. It turned up, Jesus is turning up today and saying, this is my gift. Would you just, look, would you just see what I've come to give you and receive it. Receive it. Receive what he wants to give. You know, that woman at the well, she caught that revelation. Her excitement was incredible. She leaves her jar, symbolic of her old life, the old way of doing things. She leaves her life behind and she runs with excitement into the village. Look, nobody can argue with the joy that overflows, the life that is filling her, the confidence, the change and the transformation in her. The whole village is impacted and they come to see this man who's changed this woman. See, her new life began straight away because she received what he was there to give her. The old life was replaced. What happened for her? Her loneliness had been turned into acceptance. Her isolation led to community. 
The selfish lusts that she lived in became selfless love for others, that they too would know the Messiah that she had met. The thirsty soul, the unquenched thirst, the dissatisfaction became rivers of life, became an overflowing joy. The self-hate that she felt changed into knowing that she was beloved by Jesus. The self-absorption that she felt changed into a world awareness of those around her. The fact that she was bound up in shame was also totally destroyed because Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil and she was set free, fully free to live the life God had for her. I want to ask you today, what parts of your old life need to be transformed? We might have done some of the work, we might have got rid of a few of those things, but there is a whole new life. The new life has begun right now. You see, the old is gone. The new life has begun. It's time for us to start to live it. Number four, accept that you are a saint. 2 Corinthians 5, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Jesus gave his life for us. He died for us. He hung on a cross for us. And that was his gift to us. That was his purpose in coming, that we could be right with God, that we could be made saints. You know, Paul acknowledged, I'm the chief of sinners, even when he knew Jesus. I'm the chief of sinners. I, I reckon I'm the chief. You know, we could all talk about that. But the reality is we are all sinners. We are all sinners, but we are also saints. When we receive Jesus, we receive the free gift of salvation we receive the covering of his blood. He has bought us with a price. Why would we hold on to the old when he has died to give us this new life? The Samaritan woman, she got it. She got the revelation of what Jesus had done for her in that eternal overflowing life. The finished work of the cross was hers. The freedom she found was hers. I wanna ask you today, are you a saint? Or are you living as a sinner? See, Jesus in us makes a difference, and I'm telling you, it's so easy to live as a sinner. So easy to see ourselves as the world sees us. So easy to think that we're not worthy to live this blingy life. People will think we're just being fake, or people will think, man, they're estranged now. <laughs> but some of us, we've got to get into that new car and not be ashamed of the fact that Christ has transformed our lives. Don't let worry about anybody else hold you back from the new life Christ has. You know, we need to see ourselves and ask, are we wearing our old life? We need to let ourselves be drenched and covered in Christ's love, and we need to jump into that living water and come out clean. Uh, one night, um, a little while ago, I was out to, going out to dinner with John and Pastor Mark Verges, and we were having dinner at this hotel, and it was very flash hotel. All around uh, the hotel was beautiful black marble, and then they had these gorgeous white flowers, and the white and black was just perfect synergy. I loved it. And, you know, they had the fragrance in the foyer and the gentle music. It was just, it was perfect. It was a sanctuary. And we were going to dinner, and of course, I was running late. Anyone who knows me knows I try. I try so hard. I was late to the meeting this morning. I try. I'm telling you, it's not out of selfishness. I just lose track of time all the time. There I was, running late. Well, I try to believe I'm not selfish anyway, but <laughs> it's just an issue in my life. It's a skeleton, and I'm, I'm working on it. I was running late. John, I said, John, just, honey, just go ahead, and I'll, I'll meet you there. So I'm running late. I'm distracted. 
The, the foyer is beautiful, the black marble. It has black uh, marble water features and a black marble floor. I'm looking at my phone, and as I'm walking to the restaurant, I don't realize that the floor has finished and the water feature has begun. And as I come up looking at my phone, I literally tr trip over a black marble step, and I go head first into the hotel lobby water feature with a scream and a splash. <laughs> the sanctuary of the lobby is no more. There is now a floundering woman in the middle of the foyer. I'm in shock, I'm head first, I'm trying to turn myself around fully waterlogged. The hotel attendant runs up to me and he's literally, it's so embarrassing. He is trying to haul me out, but like I'm the heaviest thing you can believe because I'm so full of water with my leather jacket and my leather boots, it's all water everywhere. And he's trying to haul me out and I'm, it's so inelegant, it's unbelievable. Anyway, he hauls me out, I finally get out. I am drenched, I am soaked. I mean, I've gone head first. I tried to fish for the phone as well. I don't know why I bothered. I thought you could put it in sand and it might survive, you know, no. It's a, it's a lie on the internet. And um, I have to go and get completely changed. In my shock, I think, oh, I'd better tell John that uh, I'm gonna be late, <laughs> more late. And I'm like, oh, I don't have my phone. This was unwise. I said to the attendant, I said, um, I'm meant to be meeting my husband in the restaurant. Could you please give him a message for me? Could you just say that I'm gonna be a little bit later? He says, sure. Now, he goes up, I'm, I go up to my room to get changed. He goes up to John and he says, uh, Mr. Cameron, because he didn't know which one was my husband. John owned up to it, but he might have regretted it. Mr. Cameron, and he says, I'm just here to tell you that your wife is a bit delayed. She has fallen into the hotel water feature and she has gone to get changed. Of course, John and Mark killed themselves laughing. I'm like, I shouldn't have said anything. But you know what? Luckily, I had a fresh change of clothes because getting drenched forces us to change. Getting drenched forces us to change. And some of us, we need to get drenched in the love of God. We need to get drenched in the blood of Jesus. We need to get drenched and understand that He is longing to change us into new garments, that the old is gone and that the new has come. Oh, some of us, we're walking around and we haven't yet known what it is to allow the drenching love of Jesus to overflow. Look, are we wearing today the rags of the sinner or the blood-soaked garments of the saints? Somebody, I want to tell you today, it's time to go and get changed. It's time your new life is waiting for you. The old is gone and the new has come. Now, you can grab a seat. Grab a seat. Because you see, the thing is, the problem for me today is that the story didn't stop there. I know. I have it on good authority from a friend. This is no word of a lie. You know how hotels do health and safety training? Turns out there is a video of this moment in my life. Thank you. Praise the Lord. I will look like a fool. Praise the Lord. There is a video, and the hotel uses it to train their staff in what to do when guests behave badly. There I am, for all the world to see, around the globe, this hotel chain, 
no word of a lie. The record of my mistake lives on. The video keeps playing. But I'm here to tell you today that Jesus does not replay the video of your mistake. Jesus does not keep a record of your wrongs. Jesus is not there telling you this is what you used to do. Jesus has destroyed the evidence that was held against you. Jesus has destroyed the record of wrongs. Jesus has come that death and hell and the grave would have no claim. He ripped it up. He destroyed it. No one in heaven is laughing at you. All of heaven is cheering for you. All of heaven is cheering for you because they know that you're not that anymore. That when you receive Jesus Christ, the old is gone and the new has come. Oh, somebody today, you need to know. I'm here to tell you. Your regret is gone. Your mistake is gone. Who you once were, it is gone. It is finished. It is the finished work at the feet of the cross of somebody. You can stand right now across this room, every person. Your greatest regret is gone. I want to tell you today, you're free and you're not a victim. You're no longer bound by shame, but you are filled with grace. Your past is gone and the future ahead is bright. You're seated in heavenly places in Christ. Your new life is hidden in Christ. You are adopted in the beloved. You are chosen and accepted. You are loved and you are free. You are a saint and not a sinner. You are a new creation in Jesus' name. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor Gillian Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at arisechurch and at Gillian Cameron.